Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking all about uh, 2021. We're going to be talking about our favourite things, some of the things we didn't like. We'll also be sharing our thoughts on the latest episode of Hawkeye, but we'll be doing that at the end. So don't have to worry about spoilers or anything like that. So um, this week's episode is a couple of days early because of um, Christmas, so we're not recording them. But we'll be back on re- regular uh, schedule from the 1st of January. Also, keep an eye out next week. There's going to be a special episode out with me and Josh where we talk about like the sort of our top three um, good and bad about Disney Plus as well. So we, we recorded that yesterday. So we got an extra little bonus during the week coming up for you guys. Okay, so before we go any further, if you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe either on the audio versions or on the uh, video platforms like YouTube. You can also find us over at whatsondisneyplus.com. Quick reminder, there's a couple of days left on the voting of our Best of 2021 awards. That's going to be closing on this coming Sunday, so make sure you go vote on that one. Also, a big thank you and hello to all of our supporters on Patreon and YouTube channel members, including Sarah. Andrew Elliott, Jacob, Caleb, Red Mars Man, Arrow. We've also got Andrew, uh, Cody, Darren, and Lauren. Well, over on the YouTubes, we've got Ricky, Baba, Dave, Diona, Adam, Muhammad. We've also got Ben, Raphael, my VCR still works, Bina, Joshua, Dawn, Martin, Jeremy, and Sarah. And also to all of our Patreon and YouTube channel members of the Silver Tier as well. You know, all of your support, every little dollar all helps pay the bills and all the rest of it. Right. Now we've got that done. We're ready for Crimbo, you know. The, we're not going to include the book of Boba Fett because it's sliding in at the very end of the year. But we're going to go through our best of the year. Um, and we thought we'd, the only way we can really start this off, and we've put it in its own special category, what are our top five Marvel series on Disney Plus? In what order are we going to go for? So do you want to go start off, James? Oh, well, um, I'm going to give one more uh, caveat here just at the beginning. Uh, we are doing our rankings based on regional availability. So, Roger, you've got all the stuff that's Disney Plus as well as Star yeah. Originals. Yeah. And even though we talked about Hulu stuff here, I am not including them on, on this list because mm. this, they are not on Disney Plus. Uh, yeah. That doesn't affect the Marvel category. Yeah. Uh, the only two that are eligible for that would be Hit Monkey and Modoc. Hit Monkey's not available in nope. in, so in Europe. Uh, don't don't worry, I didn't forget that. <laughs> um, and, and I don't think anyone will be surprised to find. And Hellstrom, and we're, not inclu- <laughs> and we're not including Hellstrom as well because I didn't finish it. And the thing is, we were we we were thinking of like top series, and we went, it'd be wrong to include Marvel because it would absolutely give anything else a brief to read. So, what was your fifth favorite okay. of the year? So, so my fifth favorite or my least favorite of the group was WandaVision. Um, it was a good series, but I think a large part of it uh, depends on your love or nostalgia for sitcoms going all the way mm-hmm. back to the 50s and, and on up through the 2000s as i said week after week sitcoms really aren't my thing so i didn't really have the nostalgia thing uh it still ended very strong i loved uh, at least the last couple episodes my favorite was probably the fourth episode when everybody mm-hmm. when we start seeing outside the bubble for the first yeah. time you know uh, darcy shows up and things like that uh so even though it's the bottom of the list it, it's I still really enjoyed this series, and I will mm. probably rewatch at least parts of it in advance of uh, Doctor Strange: in, yeah. uh, Multiverse of Madness, which obviously the trailer dropped just before this, or you might have seen it yeah. at the uh, Spider-Man No Way Home uh, post credits. I don't really have much else to say on it. It's a good show, but it's definitely the bottom of the list for me. It's funny because I think, like, obviously, when it came out, it was also new and so fresh. And when we were going weekly on it, it was an I- amazing amazing little thing for like going through it as a television series um 
looking back on it now, I'm, I mean, I'm going to watch it through again. I think, as you said before, Doctor Strange 2 arrives. Um, I I don't know if I'm necessarily going to put it at five. I'm going to slightly push that up to four. It's a little bit higher on my thing. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It's a really good series. Um, it's still better than, you know, most other um, superhero shows out there. But I kind of, I think those first few episodes, I mean, I remember watching... You know, the monster, I mean, I love sitcoms, so I, I kind of was fine with that bit. And I grew up watching, you know, the monsters and Adam's family and Happy Days. And so I did, and Mork and Mindy. So I was used to watching them through in black and white and go, maybe not I Love Lucy's. That was one a little bit before my thing. But I enjoyed it all. I thought it was great. But WandaVision, yeah, is, is that one. For me, the fifth best one, or worst one, but the least favorite would have been What If. I'm going to slide that one in. At the while, I liked aspects of it. It didn't quite have the same impact that I was hoping for. Um, again, it there was nothing wrong with it, but it didn't. It, there was just something about it. That it's, it's like if it didn't exist, I wouldn't have been worried about it. Um, but that was my only thing with what if. What about you? Yeah, uh, one one last thought on one division because mm. it, it came up like yeah. a thing about it. Um, if they had done a Mork and Mindy episode i think i really would have loved that but yeah nanu nanu was fantastic um, well unfortunately I, I mean that's literally not the only reason i know, I know of colorado is because of of uh of of more committee that's it well uh, a death with the dinosaur south, south park is also in colorado so, yeah um, but but yeah. But yeah, if they had had a Mork and Mindy episode, that would have been great. I would have loved to see Paul Bettany try to be Robin Williams. That would have, yeah. been, that would have been very interesting. Anyway, uh, so our bottom two are mm. reversed. My my yeah. number four is What If. Again, not a bad series. There's some really good individual episodes. We mm. actually liked different episodes. Yeah, which, uh, I love the zombie ones. The zombie you ones. You love the zombie one. I actually really like the Doctor Strange one. Um, I like the way they played with that formula, but. As the series goes on, you definitely realize there's only like three or four what if templates, and there's only yeah. so much you can do with them, and they kind of get a little samey. And and some of them, particularly like the Captain Britain one, or sorry, Captain Carter one, Captain Britain's a completely different character. Yeah, um, was just like, well, we're just gonna do First Avenger, but with Carter instead of Steve, yeah. and and oh yeah, Steve gets an Iron Man costume, but it, there really wasn't much to it other than. Let's just let's just have Captain Carter instead of Captain America. And then there were other ones that are just completely off the rails and things doing completely different, like the zombies one. I did yeah. like how they tied it in in the last two episodes. That was we yeah. weren't really expecting that. We we kind of a little bit suspected, but no, mm. it's like everything's off on its own. So it's still good. Honestly, though, I don't see myself really rewatching it. Though. I might rewatch the Doctor Strange one before the Doctor Strange movie comes out again, again, because there might be a hint of um, what's happened in that in this one. So it could be interesting to see how this works out. But yeah, I'd say that way. For me, in my third spot would be Hawkeye, mm. um, and I was actually a bit like imming and ahhing of Hawkeye and One Division of like where because Hawk Hawkeye, I've enjoyed it. But I don't think I'm on the same level as I was with One Division in in my excitement levels. I think overall, I think my love of Kingpin definitely um, helped with this kind of the finishing end of it. But we'll obviously get into that later on today. Um, but I really enjoyed like Yana being involved. I think that added a little bit more humor to it. I liked Kate Bishop a lot. I'm going to be honest. Hawkeye himself is so boring. He's such a <laughs> dull character. He got like no. Like I don't know, he's just got like no career. I don't know what it is about him. 
there's just this stuff. It's as it was everybody else I liked about him, but just you know the Hawkeye character. I mean, yeah, he's just not he's not amazing. Yeah, uh, we'll talk more about this at the mm. end. Um, uh, I'll I'll save my thoughts yeah. for what for I put Hawkeye on my list. Uh, so my number three, I think people might be a little surprised by this, was actually Loki. All right. Um, I again, I really enjoyed it, and I think that out of the these five series, it's going to turn out to be probably the most important mm. one. Uh, long term, uh, especially with the introduction of Kang or he who survived, etc. Yeah. Uh, in that last episode, but I don't know. I, I've got kind of the same problem with Loki as you do with Hawkeye here. I'm just like, he's interesting in little bursts, but I actually don't find the character super interesting, mm. so I'm not engaged with him. I actually found um, his alternate reality, gender bent uh, yeah. Loki enchantress, whatever they're going to call her. Uh, more interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. See, for me, Loki's actually my was my favorite. Loki was the one that um, I love. The, the the it felt like I was watching a movie. If it it, I, it definitely felt in the at the highest tier out of all of them that if you know Hollywood actors involved, you know, because that could have been the movie with Owen Wilson and stuff. Um, the jumping around the, the time zones and different places, and you never knew where it was going, and I liked it. I yes. Yeah, so for me, Loki was my favorite of the year from the Marvel side. It it hit. It like I said, it felt like I was watching the movie. It didn't feel like I was watching a television because One Division was so strange that it was quirky. And Hawkeye kind of it did feel like a TV series at some point because it kind of went into it. Um, but yeah, so that was that was definitely my number one. What was your yeah. number two? Well, I, I can't disagree with anything you hmm. you said either. I just. Uh, I think it's just basically yeah. the premise didn't grab me yeah. quite as much. It also had a little bit of the same thing that WandaVision, where uh, there was a certain amount of the entertainment factor was trying to figure out what was going mm. to come next with it, which doesn't necessarily hold up quite well on on um, mm. second watches or third watches. I think it will hold up better than WandaVision does in that regard, because yeah. uh, there, there is still a lot of that forward motion. But I agree. Production values on that were fantastic. Mm. The cast was fantastic. Um, it is strictly a personal... You yeah. know, ranking of characters. Now, by process of elimination, uh, I think we both have the same second one because uh, it's the only one we haven't mentioned yet. Talking <laughs> to the Winter Soldier, um, I really enjoyed this one. It, it felt like an action movie every single week. Yeah. Um, honestly, I could have swapped this and Loki back and forth. And I went went a bit because the story for Falcon and Winter Soldier definitely is disjointed. You can tell that they kind of had to scramble to to maybe fix some things or change some mm. things because their shooting schedule got all screwed up. Uh, but in the end, I just really loved that that buddy cop yeah, odd couple feel between uh, between Sam and and um, Bucky. Just worked really well for me. The action was for the most part really good. Mm. Yeah, a little preachy at the end, but we were kind of expecting that after all. You know, it yeah, yeah, I mean, America's legacy kind of deal. It for me, I I like the whole kind of the the racial undertones kind of as a storyline uh, being a little bit grittier. A little bit more, um, you know, how America was viewing it, how people were bringing it in. Um, then we had the side effect, obviously, with um, uh, the other Captain America, John, you know, bringing him in. I, I just really enjoyed it. I, it was a, I thought it was, and also it was so much more grounded than One Division than at the time. Because here we are at the end of the year, we've had all these different series. We've kind of the novelty. I feel like it has worn that fact of it doesn't quite feel quite as, you know, when we were watching the first two seasons, it was like, 
this is you know great and then we had a little bit of a break before loki was hawkeye never had that for me that same buzz that i did with loki and where you had to watch it hawkeye just never had that and but falcon and the winter soldier is i think it's a fantastic series i think it's it's easily easily one of the best series overall i think if i was to do like my top five of the year it would be loki and and falcon would actually be in those top five um overall i thought that you know they were both excellent series yeah and i kind of find this with marvel in general like if people were to ask what is your favorite marvel movie out of the ones that are officially in the mcu my answer might change based on which one i've seen more recently yeah like there's three all kind of vying for the top spot and i have noticed been like i don't know it depends which one is closest in my head uh mm. and for the record that's normally guardians of the galaxy uh winter soldier and mm. ragnarok and they just kind of move around a bit and i suspect the marvel shows will be in very similar situation yeah so i feel for me now i always i always get that the, the original avengers movie is always one that just kind of um jumps up as being a top one right so that's um that's the marvel side of things so let's let's shift gears now um let's now talk about non-marvel we're going to just do our um what's which one do we do we're doing the non-marvel disney plus original series okay so and, uh just quick reminder again we're doing this regional base so roger yeah. will be working off a uh, significantly different list than yes. i will be uh, but yes. Roger, when you go ahead. Yeah, so um, for me, I mean, it's a bit of a funny one, really, because, I mean, I'd probably say I'm going to start off with my my fifth probably favourite was uh, Big Shot, because Big Shot came in, it was a basketball thing, I wasn't too sure about it, it was set in high school, wasn't really kind of 100% on it, but over the weeks, and I was not really a big John Stamos fan as well, I'd not really, I'm not really a fan. I just just wasn't really familiar with him. I hadn't. I worked out that I hadn't really seen him in anything, and therefore I didn't have this whole connection to him growing up. With I think was it Fun ha Full House or Small House? I don't remember watching that as a kid, so I didn't have that. And so I just watched, and it just kept getting better. And the stories, it. And I think when it was going alongside the Mighty Ducks, it's like no, I really prefer this. This is a much better show. I enjoyed watching it week to week. And I was finding myself like, oh, no, I want to see what's happened here. And the story was good. And I'm glad it's coming back. But I, I definitely think um, Big Shot was kind of like like one of the top end ones. Um, I'll, I'll come back to Big Shot in a little bit on my list. Um, but I, I agree. It was a nice departure from the rest of the shows. It was one of the first shows that we got that wasn't Marvel or Star Wars. We're actually like, no, uh, this is actually a decent Disney Plus original. Because up to that mm. point, you know, we've been getting a lot of game yeah. shows and, and kind of... Uh, just throw this out there because we need to put content on but I'll, yeah. I'll come back to that in a second uh for me the bottom the number five was marvel assembled so we didn't include this in the marvel series but this is you yeah. know, the making of uh the various ones so all but one of them uh came out this year obviously it was a big year for marvel movies and i just really love these behind the scenes stuff uh the shang chi one in particular was really really well done uh so might be cheating a little bit here, but if you take the Star Originals out of the lineup, the Disney Plus Originals lineup gets uh, rather small, rather quick. So uh, that said, I do genuinely enjoy this series. Yeah. I look forward to seeing them when the uh, when the movies and the shows come out. I'm looking forward to seeing the Hawkeye one. Um, I don't know if they've announced an Eternals one, but we know that mm. that's probably on the way as well. Uh, and I do put it above um, at least the season two of the gallery. Season one of the Mandalorian Gallery was really 
good, but maybe a little overly long. I, I'm yeah. liking these kind of hour long, 45 minute uh, behind the scene stories. Yeah, I think I definitely feel like with the gallery season one, it was way too long winded. I mean, that was like a four hour. It was nearly longer than the series. <laughs> Again, I think a lot of that was simply like we need content. Put something out there. This is relatively easy to do. Just, just yeah, give them something. It's funny, really, because assembled. I always just look at it. It's just, it's just a DVD extras. It's a bit like I'll get round to watching it, but I don't view it in the same um, vein as yeah i mean yeah it's, it's kind of a funny one i watch it because it's there and i kind of feel like i, I should watch it but i'm never in any rush to watch it it's way down way down on my little category you know it, to watch i will agree with that it's normally the last thing i watch in whatever week it comes out unless it is the only thing that comes out which happened mm. i think at least once um but I, I do enjoy these. Like I, I was the kind of person who back in the day when DVDs were still like the main medium, I would come home, I'd watch the movie. And then over the course of the next couple of days, I would watch like every single extra on it. And, you know, mm. uh, I did that with the Lord of the Rings extended editions that took forever, but I learned so much about mm. the movie making process and how these things were done. Uh, and also I think it, it's a little different if you're coming in as a comics fan with a familiarity with a lot of these things versus um, you know, you're, you may be passively familiar with them from the old cartoon shows or, or other movies or things like that, because they do spend at least a little bit of time talking about the legacy of the heroes in, in some of these. And that's kind of fun to see how people interpret their pasts, the, the mm. character pasts. Yeah. See, for me, um, for my, is I actually found this was actually quite hard for me of like the, the top five, because there was actually a few series I could have included i could have done easily done a top 10 it was there was that many because of the star side of things but for me um love victor see i uh, love victor we had season one back in february and then we had season two um in june and the second season was a far better season than the first one because they knew they weren't making it for disney plus so therefore they went a little bit more edgier it's just it was just a it just felt like a and it feels like bad to say but of the high school shows Love Victor is the one that actually represents being at high school, you know, with going to parties and sex and, you know, relationships and your parents breaking up. It's, and it's so, I, it's so funny. Like you watch like Love Victor, then you watch like the Disney plus versions, like the kids are supposed to are the same age <laughs> and there's such a, a maturity difference. Um, you know, like they're 16, 17 and it's the same age as they are in Doogie, the same age they're in high school musical, you know, and there is such a discrepancy in like, and Love Victor for me was if I if that's the, the realistic high school version. I mean, it's still a bit. Um, I mean, I think they could they didn't. I don't think they really pushed in so much on um, uh, the problems that he would have had had coming out at school. Um, may, you know, it might it might. I mean, being our age is probably different. You know, had this happened when we were at school, it would have been a very different story completely. But I thought Love Victor. I think that was it's, it's a fantastic high school drama series. Um, yeah, it, it, it just that second season just kept like bringing it to that next level, um, and I just really enjoyed it. And I was getting to the point of like every week going, I want to watch this, and that that's what you like. Yeah, th this was a very good series. The only reason it's not on my list is because it's a uh, a Star Plus Hulu show, so yeah. it's ineligible on my side. But yeah, I I enjoyed watching this every single week. Um, I think it's funny you say it's the most like authentic high school because they they are the the ones who would be least likely to pass as high schoolers uh, in a real setting 
But taking that out of the equation, I think it is one of the more authentic representations mm -hmm. of, of high school. Uh, I do remember uh, talking about the final episode and everything mm -hmm. kind of wrapped up very nicely yeah. in a bow, all the plot threads coming together at once, which doesn't really happen in real life, but you know, it's, it's a show. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be concessions like that. And that final seat, I think it was episode four or five, when uh, the two guys are, are yeah. about to to have their fun and the mom walks in on them and just oh, that whole uh, <laughs> in headlights expressions they nailed it and it was i i fell off my couch laughing at that yeah. scene that was, i guess because it's so uncomfortable wasn't it it was oh my yeah God, it was it was yeah. so uncomfortable and and that's not even like a a, a gay or straight experience just having your parents yeah. walk in on you is just like no yeah no, no. It, we're yeah. good don't don't yeah. need this uh, it's just, it's a really good sh series. Um, if you've got Hulu or if you're mm. on the European side of Disney Plus, give it a try. It, it's yeah. good. Okay, so what was your um, fourth favorite? Okay, so as I alluded to before, uh, mm. this was Big Shot. Uh, we mm -hmm. talked a bit about yeah. it. And again, we're going from <laughs> yeah. a fairly serious high school depiction here to um, girls playing basketball with John Stamos. But as you said, this was one of the first series where we're kind of like, oh no, the Disney Plus originals can be pretty good. Now, this isn't super stellar. This isn't uh, absolute must go out and watch. But in terms of the Disney Plus originals, it's top tier. It it had an engaging story. There were a lot of little plot twists and turns. They, they had stuff for the younger audience with the girls having to navigate high school and that girl with the Instagram account and, and all that. But also Stamos had you know, the adult relationships going on. Yeah. And we got to see that. I do think some of the teachers went a little over the edge on caricature, especially the English mm -hmm. teacher in early episodes. And I don't even remember what, which, which he was, but the one guy who just really hated Stamos mm -hmm. at the beginning and yeah. kind of eventually warmed up to him. Uh, that did go away towards the end of the series, but the first several episodes, like give these guys character other than just, uh, you know, over eager um, drama teacher kind of thing. Yeah, because she was actually because she was a lot better in um, Doogie Kamaloa. She was a much nice seeing because I hadn't really seen her before and seeing her in that as the mum. I was like, oh, she, you're you're actually much not you. I much warmed to her as the character because I don't. There wasn't a lot of difference, but as, as just in general, yeah. it just seemed a bit more nicer. I'm I'm going to assume that was a directorial decision yeah. because uh, if it was just her in Big Shot acting that way, I would have said it was yeah. her choice, but most of the non-Stamos teachers were just a little over the top um, until the end. Hello, well, I'm from England. How are we doing? Catch crikey, Gupta. <laughs> I'm an English teacher. <laughs> I think I blocked that out. I legitimately forgot. I remember just going, oh, shut up. He <laughs> was just no, like, no, we don't talk like that. <laughs> you talk like that in American shows and you're yeah. going to like it. Um, I, one last shout out that I remember mm. the principal was fantastic. Uh, oh yeah. Yvette she, Nicole, she well. was yeah. top. She was near the top of this show. And I loved how they played her character as both being serious, able to do the administrative stuff, which, you know, the uh, principal is mm. supposed to do, but being able to be empathetic with the students, which I don't think you see that often in America high school shows more often than not. The principal is either wacky and goofy or like strict by the books, no sense of humor, and there's very rarely a meeting in the middle. She pulled this off yeah. perfectly. And I'm gonna be honest, a big shot for me is also a bit of a like a personal thing of because I, I got to interview all the cast 
and I, it was the first time I'd ever interviewed anyone. I was so nervous doing it. I was, uh, um, and it was so that shows kind of that, that weird thing of like you know it's it was so weird having like conversations with these actors you know seeing it was it was a very weird experience because I'd never done it before and I, it was so big shots always going to have that little spot of just like that was a really like special thing for me personally with with that show, but moving now on to my third favorite um it was Big Sky um I'm really looking forward to because the second season is just about to start here in the UK. Um, in about two weeks. Um, so I'm really looking for that one. But me and my wife would watch Big Sky every week. It would drop. Um, they had a fantastic police drama set in, well, they're not even police drama, but just detectives. Me and my wife loved this show. It was such a great, and it was, it was, as my wife called it, it's a proper show where we could actually sit there and watch. It was, it was where Star, it was the first Star original um, that came out like with Love Victor, um, was it Hellstrom, Big Sky, and I don't think what the other one was, um, but it and it was just that kind of thing. Like this was a great series. I loved the chemistry between all the characters. The villain you just wanted to get, you wanted him to get caught. Loved it. Absolutely loved Big Sky. Yeah, I I can't comment on yeah. this. I have not watched Big Sky at all. I know season two is coming out, uh, or they announced it. Um, I'm debating back and forth whether I want to watch season one in, in advance of it or not. Um, I think it would help on that show. I think it's. One I think where, it probably yeah. would. I think it's more about carving out the time to do it. Mm. Um, but but we'll see. That's that's mm. a problem for the other day. I, I have yeah. no feedback. I've never seen it. No. What about your third one? So my third one, uh, we're going to go with Star Wars: The Bad Batch. Um, you will remember I was fairly critical of the show when it came out, mostly because it wasn't really what I wanted from the show. You know, uh, I really wanted, you know, the Bad Batch, even though I didn't necessarily like the characters when they were introduced in the Clone Wars. Like, the show's the Bad Batch. Could we please have the show be about the Bad Batch? And instead it was a uh, friend of the week that, you know, Dave Filoni or whoever wanted to to bring into mm. this show, uh, which is kind of ironic because season two of The Mandalorian was very similar. They just executed it much yeah. better. Um, that said, it still is a good series. There's a lot of interesting action to it. Uh, they had some beautiful cinematography in it. Mm. Uh, there, there were some great landscape scenes. You can really see how they upgraded everything over the Clone Wars uh, tools that they were using back in the day, even for the final season uh, last mm. year. Um, I think it sets up for a good season two. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping for that, certainly. And it's worth remembering, of course, that Clone Wars season one uh had a couple of really good episodes but it really wasn't on the same level that later seasons would be same with rebels rebels was kind of the same really it took rebels, it takes them a yeah. while to get them going yeah they, i think they, once they, they get all the like the, they gotta get the introductions out the way and get everyone in um so you know i'm looking forward to bad batch season two there's there's my um i literally just got it the other day i'm gonna go the other way where is it, it i actually got the 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 ship I actually got on a stand so I can display it properly. Oh, is it so the, uh, the yeah. Lego one? Or? Yeah, yeah, the Lego one. Uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's pretty cool. So I'm going to move now on to my second favorite, which is Only Murders in the Building. Um, I love this show. I mean, just seeing Steve Steve Martin, uh, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. This was a series I went in. I mean, I'm there kind of thinking, you know, the Three Amigos and, you know, that kind of thing with them. And this show just, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved the music. I loved the tone. I loved the comedy aspects. I liked the seriousness of it. Um, it's, it, it was, it was such an, it was a breath of fresh air. I, I absolutely loved this series. Um, one of my favorite ones, it would be in my top five of the year. I think it would be, like I said, 
you know, it'd be this one, and then you got the couple of the Marvels ones. You know, this is this is a really great series. Yeah, um, if this was eligible on our side of the pond, yeah. uh, this would probably be the one or two slot for me. Yeah. Um, this would definitely be in the top five of shows overall across mm. all platforms and and such of the year. Uh, not much else to say about it, honestly. The the one thing was like when they first cast like Martin Martin Short. Okay, great. Haven't seen him in a long time, but good to see him. Oh, Steve yeah. Martin. Always love Steve Martin. And then Selena Gomez. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. But but she really did hold her own. Uh, you know, yeah. it. She brought in that interesting perspective and played off of them. But they also didn't do it in like too much of a boomer versus gen z way well, i mean they, i mean they wouldn't even be boomers i mean they're you're talking well, they're no, the next I'm generation not, i mean they're in, they're in their 80s um i no, think no, it was uh, i think using the I, internet version of these names <laughs> i mean i like the fact that they didn't play it they but they had a few little jokes because you would expect that kind of thing but i think because they were young at heart in new york it doesn't they they're still like they're, they're not they're still young at heart and it, it they just played on that and i i an amazing series. I just yeah. I, I can't re recommend it on enough. And and then bringing in um, Tina Fey as mm -hmm. the, the other podcaster and Nathan Lane. Always yeah. fun to see him. Super excited for season two. They've already made some casting announcements mm -hmm. for that, which uh, mm -hmm. which look great too. Not going to recap them here, but yeah. yeah, very excited for season two. If you've got Hulu or you're on Disney Plus in Europe, uh, definitely watch this. Mm -hmm. it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. So what was your second one? Uh, my second one here was actually Among the Stars, yeah. uh, which was the it it kind of gets in on a technicality because it was four yeah. episodes rather than like a single documentary like yeah. Apollo. 11. Well, I think it was but, six actually. I think it was, it was think, a bit yeah, longer. Right. Yeah, you're correct. It was six, um, which can get a bit long if you're going to stretch it all into a single because they did drop mm. it in one week. Uh, but having said that, you know, both of us we love space. Mm. We love the space program. We love all that stuff. Uh, and coming on the heels of the right stuff last year, this mm -hmm. kind of hit me sleek. It's just exceptionally well done. If mm -hmm. you have any interest in the early-ish days of the space program and, and then on up into to now, get to see what it's like. Mm -hmm. Get to see a lot of the stuff that you don't see in a typical IMAX documentary because those are only like 30 minutes long. This is a really good series. Probably not going to binge it, but... Uh, yeah, but I think for me, um, I think as I did binge it in like two, three days, it was a little bit like, oh, I'm, it's always all blending into each other a little bit because, but it, it was, it was an amazing, and you know, you like you say, you're following the steps of people becoming astronauts and then what they do on the, sh on the ship and what they do, you know, it was a very, a very, very well made. I mean, a high, high quality show. But, you know. And they didn't shy away from showing some of the ugly stuff too. Now they didn't really go into the depth of it. They didn't really dwell on it, but there were definitely times when I'm like, yeah, this is just a fact of life in space or in the preparation for space and just got to get over it. Or you just got to know how to handle it. Really good show. Um, but I also admit I'm a bit biased on this front too. I, I, I knew I was going to love it unless they, they, it was just like filled with inaccuracies, which of course it was not. Okay, so what was um, your next one? So the last one, the the uh, top of the Disney Plus originals in America was the Mysterious Benedict Society. Um, we raved about this show when it was coming out. Uh, I just loved the feel of the show. I'm super excited for season two. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I could I could probably talk for like 45 minutes on why I, I really enjoyed the show. I'll spare you that. I'll just say. Um, if you have Disney Plus only for Marvel and Star Wars, 
this is one of the ones that I would tell people to branch out, especially if you're a Wes Anderson fan. Uh, it's not by Wes Anderson, but it's got the same vibes. It's very different. I mean, I think it probably would have been in my top 10. It would have been, it would have got an honorable mention um, because I liked the aspect of it. Um, it felt different. I felt like I was watching something different with it. Um, and it was exactly what I think Disney Plus did need was this is a series. If you were going to say, okay, what on those besides Marvel and Star Wars? I'd be like, right stuff. Mysterious Benedict Society would be in that thing because I think an adult could enjoy this even though the kids are in it. Um, again, a, a great, a great, great series. I also, it was lucky as well. I got to speak with the cast of this movie earlier this year, and that just made made even more enjoyable because it was just like it was just such, such a fun. You know, the you know the kids in it are great, and it it is just um, a really lovely series. And kind of like, it is a, just a really lovely series. It's. And can't speak highly enough of the kids um, because this particular type of acting is is actually really difficult for the kids. There's a very emotionless mm -hmm. feel to it, and most kid actors are taught to to be over expressive, you know, to to stand out. And they they did the deadpan very well, but then also the adults had some very interesting stories. I was particularly uh, fond of uh, calling him attention is not really the right thing. Yeah, like Milligan was it? Milligan. Yeah, Milligan, yeah. Uh, Benedict's sidekick. Was, yes. Yeah. I, I loved watching his story just kind of come together and he was played so perfectly. In yeah. It was funny cause I saw him in that. And then um, later in the year, because I was binge, binging my way through the walking dead, he then becomes, he's a major villain, a major character in the walking dead. So it's really weird seeing, cause I kind of seen him first in mysterious Benedict society. Um, yeah, it's yeah, that's and I'm gonna as well. Um, uh, season 11 was a exclusive, so technically it wasn't an original for us, but that was another one of my favorite um new shows of the year for us on Disney Plus. So I'm moving on to my last favorite non Marvel series. I'm gonna say Dope Sick. Um, Dope Sick was um, an incredible, incredible series. It was, I mean, heartbreaking, it was infuriating, it was ups. The, the acting in it was amazing. It's a stellar cast. I mean, it just feels like you're watching a movie. I mean, it did help, I think, because I watched the first two episodes um, at the London Film Festival on the big screen. Um, but it just, it there's something about it. It just, like, it, I mean, me and my wife would watch it every Wednesday night. That would be, like, our Wednesday viewing. Um, would Like, after, after, and it was just, like, we just, it was just, it was just great. I was completely caught, you know, phone off, straight in straight down and like completely caught my attention this was just michael keaton and it was amazing the act, acting it it was this is a top series i, I loved it it was so dry it was yeah it was it was on a different level than anything else that we've seen i think so far of the year uh, th this would have been my number one as yeah. well this was just an all-around fantastic series for all the reasons you said and i think the only thing i really need to say about it is that for every other Disney Plus Star original mm. that we watched. I watched them with the yeah. English release dates. Um, mm. So even though they dropped completely on Hulu, I'd watch one episode at a time. Mm. Now there was some confusion about yeah. when this was going to release, and you were a couple of weeks behind, mm. and so forth. But I ended up watching the whole thing <laughs> the five or six days, and it was just like this is the only show that I did that with uh, yeah. that we talked about on this. I think that alone is really all you need to know. Mm. This was a great series. Um, I did talk to one of my coworkers who mm. apparently his his wife got addicted to that uh, yeah. to oxy um, oxycontin. oxycontin yeah. 
back in like 2012 or something like that. And so he went through the whole rehab process with her and he yeah. said he can't watch this because it's just too real for him. Oh yeah. Uh, which yeah. I totally get. So if you're in that situation, if you have uh, had this yeah. affect your family directly, you may want to hold off on watching well, that, it because it is very, very interesting. I think, I think like from obviously from my point being looking out for, like from the UK over at the US, it was like, I wasn't, I remember that, you know, like being out in America and then we were talking about it and stuff, but I never really understood. I, this kind of highlighted the situation. It, it was just an amazing series, and I it's it is it would be um just one of the one of my top ones um moving on from there. Um any honorable mentions that you couldn't quite fit in? Because I need I've got a few that um but anything else you wanted to just well, throw in? If, if we go into that you the, the if we get the Hulu um mm. Hulu and, and Star Originals, yeah, I can get a couple of honorable mentions, but honestly, yeah for for the American Disney Plus originals, even then I was kind of reaching that. That's that's kind of why like a Marvel uh, assembled showed up on the list when it probably really didn't have any reason to. Yeah. Um, but you've actually already yeah. mentioned the ones that I would have included. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I'll yeah. sort of the, the Glooming was a series that aired here in the UK. It was another show. It was an Australian uh, police drama which aired on Stan in Australia and it was released over here in the UK. And it was these two detectives tracking down um, m murderers, but it was like a bit witchcrafty. Uh, me and my wife watched it. it was a bit spooky, a little bit crazy. Um, it was just, um, it, it was a really good, it was just a really good series. Um, and I think as well, being set in Australia and in, in, on Tasmania, it's a bleak and hot, you know, really, in the winter and it, it's it was a really good series i just i just i wanted to bring that one up because it was like between that and big shot i was like oh, yeah it was pretty close for me of just like what to go for um there is also um solar opposites was a show i absolutely loved because i've got to see both seasons this year and they were both really good ones um they they were really good shows that i just fell in you know i'm completely in on those characters now because they are just they're just bonkers um but yeah um so yeah so solar opposites was definitely being there i also did enjoy the the will smith welcome to earth i thought that was a, a good solid series um but yeah so there we go i just wanted to throw in a few extra like freebies just because they were they were good <laughs> I, I would also second um the the gloaming the gloaming yeah however you pronounce it I, I know they pronounce it a couple different ways in the show so i'm not really sure where they're yeah. supposed to go with it um what i really liked about it more was that it's a different perspective on a genre that we know very, very well. Uh, and I'm not talking about the paranormal angle. I'm talking about the Australian slash New Zealand mm. angle on it. Uh, this is one of those shows that I would wheel out and go, you know, you've seen this plot before, even with the paranormal stuff, mm. you know kind of where it's going, but because these filmmakers have a different um, tradition than we do, yeah. they, they, ha they have different storytelling traditions. There are parts to it that are unexpected simply because you've never seen it told this way. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I mean, generally, like, as a whole, like, British shows, um, police dramas and stuff, they're, they're, they're generally, we, we, I'm used to this, like, three to six episode kind of short seasons, um, you know, the what-ifs and all this kind of thing. So I've, this is why this whole thing with these, like, Disney Plus series and Star Series, of them all being short seasons, the same thing with the Marvels. For me, it's perfect, because it's actually what we do here in the UK for nearly much all of our series. And they're better. They're just generally they're better condensed stories. And yeah, um, the glooming was just a great a great little show. Um, yeah. I have just one last thought on that. I mm. I would always agree with that. Normally, I I far prefer 
shorter series that are much more focused than mm-hmm. uh, these long expanded American uh, seasons that we get. And, and the, the classic example we always bring up would be like the Marvel Netflix shows where yeah. they were, they were kind of compressed. Well, they were, they I mean, over long. Yeah, uh, I mean, you think they're, they're 13, but when you think like our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff are like 22, 20 odd episodes, um, you know, and they were just fluff, you know, they were fluffing for most of it, they, um, which you don't can, get so much. You can tell the difference between even um, like the eight episode Defenders, which wasn't mm. necessarily a great series, but was focused all the way through. Yeah. Versus, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are going over to the CW shows like The mm. Flash and Superman, where you just like, you've got to fill 22 episodes. There is going to be a lot of fluff and filler and junk, if mm. we're being honest. Yeah. I'm going to miss, I think we could have done with another episode of, of Hawkeye in between to kind of stretch I, out. That, yeah, we're starting to get the other end yeah. of the spectrum yeah. now where it's kind of like, no, no, it, you've got the time. Expand yeah. it out a little bit. We'll come back to that in a little bit. So let's now shift over to the movie side of things. So let's now shift to um, our favorite original movies. Now, um, as far as like the star originals, there's only really going to be one on my side. Um, but there's been there wasn't a, it wasn't as as an a big impressive one as maybe we had hoped for this year. It, the movies were, I think they were lacking because not only the pandemic when they didn't shift as many over, but because we were getting premiere access and then we got we've started getting all the theatrical releases dropping in. In some in mo, in many ways, 2021's movies are far better than 2020s, but. Because of the theatrical ones, it feels like we've had a lot bigger ones. But um, let's start off with the originals. What was your, um, or what were some of your highlights? Because we probably so, want to do a top without, five, because I think yeah, that's all there was. <laughs> without Star, the, the, the pickings were very, very slim. And in fact, the, yeah. Ron's Gone Wrong was originally on this until you're like, no, 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 that, that's actually <laughs> not the Disney original. Dang it, now I need to find another one. Well, um, we only yeah. had, what, four? We only well, we had... had well, this is why Dyer, I, I'm, yeah. I'm dipping into the National Geographic's bucket here yeah. to fill out the list. So um, number five is going to be The Rescue. Uh, this is yeah. about the, uh, the children trapped in the cave. It came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, don't take it being number five as, as me thinking it wasn't no. particularly. This is actually a really, really good documentary. Um, I think almost everybody watching or listening to this will probably remember some form mm-hmm. of those events because they weren't that long ago. Uh, but this really does set the stage lay out the problems, uh, show the challenges, and then you really do feel like the like there is a triumph at the end mm-hmm. of it when they get the kids out. Uh, spoilers if you don't remember the news from a couple of years ago, I suppose. But uh, yeah. this is absolutely well worth watching. If the kids hadn't survived, it might be a different story, but we do, yeah. we do know that they make it. So you can go into it knowing that there will be that happy ending. But not the entire story is happy. It will, you know, let you know that. I mean, I'm going to be honest. This this was would have been this would have been one of my this is one of the best documentaries of the year for me. If this doesn't get nominated for an Oscar, and if it doesn't pick one up, I I I would be very surprised. I mean, I can see the first wave picking up on its on the tone of what's going on right now, but um, I think yeah. <laughs> I think that the the rescue is is an is an amazing documentary. I mean, I was completely captivated by it. Completely just sucked in me and my wife watched it together and we're like this is a fantastic documentary um that was a really good one um, actually uh, in retrospect i probably should have put this higher i think it ended up at the bottom mostly because it was like i need a fifth oh yeah this came out yeah um yes yeah, so uh, it's that kind of thing it's like for me like like the movies the other one that um i really enjoyed this year was vacation friends 
which was with um, John Cena. This was a Star original series and a movie, and then it was on Hulu in the US. Um, just a fun hot trip to Mexico that goes crazy. It's a fun movie. It's stupid. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not meant to be fun. It's not meant to be anything other than that. It was fun. And in a summer, and in a year when we've not been able to leave this island, <laughs> get away. Um, this was as close as we could get to Mexico, and I love Mexico. And um, I just, I, I thought this was a fun movie. Um, it was stupid, funny, and I can't go wrong with it. I just enjoyed it. This was really good. Um, again, uh, Hulu, so it's not eligible on my side. Uh, this is not the type of movie I typically watch. Like, stupid mm. comedies aren't my thing, but I did genuinely enjoy this. And, you know, even a couple of years ago, if you said John Cena would be making good movies, you'd kind of like, uh, you know, I know The Rock's doing okay, yeah. but Cena? Really? And then between this and The Suicide Squad, um, which was otherwise not a particularly good movie, but... Cena was really good in it. Uh, this is like, all right, let, let's see what you got, Cena. I'm looking forward to yeah. his solo series on HBO Max and seeing what other movies he's got down coming down the pipe for us. Yeah, I gotta find out where I can watch that in the UK. I don't know where it's coming on to. Um, so it's a bit in terms of like the other movie for me really was Luca. Luca was um, an amazing, an amazing film. I loved it. Again, it had that summer vibe of of Italy and you know the idea of being off and some far distant shores and being able to have a vacation. I love the brightness of it, the colors, the characters, the with stupid old Bruno. And it just was fun. And I just really thought it was a nice, fun, easygoing movie. And I I loved it. It was just it was just a lot of great fun. Um and I I can't really it, it was I think that's it. It's just fun. <laughs> yeah it this is classic Pixar. Uh just just a really all around good movie beautifully shot uh the characters are great i particularly love the the silent dad mm. fisherman and we got we got a little bit more of him in the short that, that came after this um this was actually my number one for yeah. the year um just just fantastic movie and i can totally understand why uh pixar might be upset that this did not get a proper mm. theatrical list or, or even a premiere access uh this was a great movie that they put together and it deserved to to be there, but I can also understand why Disney didn't do that because they they do need to show the the value of Disney Plus, and you do need this top tier content on it uh, for everybody on occasion. Um, yeah, I, I hope that Pixar will will get back into theaters that they don't become mm. the the straight to Disney Plus, uh, even if yeah. they do keep the level of quality because they do deserve to. I'm really hoping with I'm really hoping with turning red that at least get a 30 day like encounter kind of opportunity to kind of show it. Again, the trouble is with the like the movies this year is like like you know we've mentioned like you know they literally was like that diary of a wimpy kid, Home Alone, and I'm just trying to think and Flora and Ulysses. There was literally like only four movies technically that were Disney Plus originals, um, and. Yeah, Flora and Ulysses was fine for what it was, it, but it was completely unmemorable. Home's Sweet Home Alone was, yeah, un, unremember. You know, you didn't even make it for. <laughs> home, home Sweet Home Alone was junk. I will come out and say, yeah. Um, Flora and Ulysses actually mentioned that. That that's mm. my third one. I think if I was reordering these with more thought, it would mm. go below the uh, the the National Geographic's documentary. So we already mentioned. Mm. Um, I basically treated this as a Squirrel Girl movie uh, from the <laughs> Universe, which is a character that I I really adore. 
that said, it it is a fun, fluffy, otherwise forgettable movie, but it is well put together. It's fun. Uh, not much else to mm. say about it, but it 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 does make for a good just like uh, yeah. stick the kids in front of this and and let them enjoy the antics of this super powered squirrel. Mm. Um, so I think that pretty much wraps up the movie something. I know you um also there's also the specials because this was the kind of thing of technically um. There was a few special releases of the year, which included I, um, the Muppets. Yes, so I included this on the list mostly yeah. as a technicality, but the the Muppets yeah. Haunted Mansion. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. Um, it, it felt like classic Muppets. It felt mm. like you know they really hit their stride with this. The cameos um, were entertaining without being you know in your face or overblown, which can be a problem with Muppets movies. Mm. The humor really hit, and then of course. I just enjoy the Haunted Mansion ride. And this was a nice little yeah. tribute to the Haunted Mansion. Um, yeah, it, I you could debate whether this is a Disney Plus original or not. But again, kind of had to reach a bit. Uh, that's yeah. this, this is still number two on my list. And that does include um, reordering with the National Geographic. Yeah. This was just a lot of fun. I'm totally yeah. watching it again next year for Halloween. Uh, this might become one of the, the staple annual watches yeah because i think the thing is it's like i was thinking like like with like movies as general because obviously we've had we've had to i think we've had a really good run of movies probably you know we had you know we've had raya we've had you know, black widow we then had jungle cruise free guy shang chi and then i was going and then and i'm going well actually those are like the five major releases on disney plus so that's the top five <laughs> so it was a bit like it's like kind of work because we just didn't really have a lot of movies released um, I mean, Cruella was okay, but I, I, I'm, it was okay. It just was, but you know, I, generally as a whole, Disney Plus looks a lot. It looks a much better place of all these new releases because of getting things like Shang Chi, which is just an incredible film. I mean, probably one of my favorite movies of the year. I love actually, Free Guy. Yeah. Actually, just real fast, um, yeah. there there were a number of Marvel movies this year. Mm. We didn't prep this one in advance, so this is off the yeah. top of the head. How would you rank the Marvel movies of the year? Um, I'd probably go Black Widow, then I would go with Eternals, um, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man. I would reverse Black Widow and Eternals, but otherwise same list for me. Yeah, Black Widow was fine, but it, it, it just didn't excite me. Um, I've, I've, I've got like no real, I mean, I yeah, I watched it twice on Premiere Access and it was just like, yeah, okay. It, it, um, it, it Yen fun. is the only thing I liked about it. I didn't like Black Widow, he's just boring. Just, just a boring character. I could have done more with Red Guardian as well. There was a lot of potential in that character. And and they they kind of undercut him by making the serious scenes uh, turn into punchlines for jokes on him, which I think might have been a mistake. Um, we'll talk about Eternals next year when that comes into to Disney+. Mm. Plus. But my really quick take on it was I really respect what they tried to do with it. Uh, there were a lot of very interesting ideas in it. I think the execution didn't quite make it there, though. So I was I left frustration. Yeah. I I enjoyed it. I I went into yeah. that. And, Obviously, we're gonna watch it. We're gonna watch it again when it drops on July the twelfth, and then we'll talk about it. Because I actually do want to watch it again, and that's that's a, that's a, that I think is a good thing of like going. Actually, no, I do want to watch it again because of um i think i went into it, it's like and i feel like i might know a little bit more going into because i went in blind on that one um like i said there's lots of other ones so there we go so that was our like best of 2021 now then i'm going to flip this and again no pre-prep on this one so if you had to pick um your worst 
original. So we're going to have five. So we're going to have five each. Movies, end series, anything at all. What would you think? So I'm I'm going to kind of... Um, I think you need a list. It's definitely this thing. This is why. This is why I was like bringing up. Um, like, see, I mean, obviously, I have got some of the star stuff as well, so I, I got a little bit of an extra advantage on this. But, um, it's like that. There was there was a lot of fluff. There's, you know, there's been a lot of fluff this year on terms of what has been on Disney Plus. Um, now. You know, it, there, there, like I said, there were some big ones. There were some disappointments. Things like Next and Rebel, like being cancelled, and Why the Last Man being cancelled beforehand. But for me, I mean, it it was like I think Stuntman was probably the one that stood out as being such a disappointment because it was such a slow and plodding documentary with like one five minute decent bit at the end. It was such a plodder. Yeah, it was, uh, so that was that was definitely in, in like my like in my just disappointments of the year. Yeah, so so these aren't going to be ordered because we're no, kind of doing no. this off the cuff. I would one hundred percent agree. Stuntman was actually the second one that came to mind for me. Yeah. Like you've you failed at your most basic task, which is to tell me why I should care about this person that you're making the documentary about. Um, it it seemed almost like mm, excuse me, it seemed almost like an evil Knievel documentary rather yeah. than about this guy and like. I already know I don't like Evil Knievel as a person. Like his stunts are fantastic, but as a person, I, I yeah. do not like him. So if you're hero worshiping him to this extent, I'm not sure how much I feel about you, mm. uh, the person in the film. And and then it was just kept going and going. Like get to the point. Yeah. Uh, the stunt at the end was was decent. I'll give it yeah. that. That was entertaining. But if you're gonna watch this, just cut to the last ten minutes and go from there. You're not missing much of anything. Um, also, to be fair. The first one that came to mind we already mentioned, which is Home Sweet Home Alone. It's like this. <laughs> it, it, it's the thing is, it's like I remember watching and going, "It's not as bad. It's not. It's not terrible. It's not dreadful." But it's really hard because we, me and my wife, we watched Home Alone again, the original one again. Um, I think like a week or two ago, and I remember getting to the end of it. And I turned to my wife and said, "They really shouldn't have bothered with those other ones because this is so good." You know, we're watching this like thirty plus years later. Going, this is such a good movie. They, why have they kept trying to recapture this? Because it just does never work. Um, yeah, Home Sweet Home Alone would definitely be on my list because yeah. you know it, it, it. It's a shame because I think the problem was, and I still think, it, was making the villains the good guys mess, messed it up. It just made it like you you didn't you know when they were getting hit you did. Whereas when you're watching the Sticky Bandits getting hit. You wanted them to have it. You know, they were nasty little... Was, yeah, it was such yeah, a no. they, they failed at basic fundamental storytelling, which is you have to dislike the villains more than you dislike the hero. You can have an unlikable hero. Uh, you know, there are plenty of movies uh, with heroes that you're like, in normal situations, I would hate you. But the people that you're fighting against are so much worse. I'm going to root for you now. That That is basic action movie storytelling. And, and the Home Alone movies are basically action movies for kids. Yeah. Um, so right out the gate, you're like, this kid is a little snot and mm. I don't like him at all. And I feel bad for the villain. So you're, you're already off on the wrong foot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, this was just a misfire. Why are you making this? Even the movie itself, which is where I turned mm. it off. was like, why are people making remakes? It never was good. I'm like, yeah. You nailed it. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, yeah. I was going to say another one of mine, um, has to be Doogie Kamaloa MD. Um, 
a series which is like, I love the setting, the Hawaiian setting. I actually thought that worked really well. You know, the actors and that. I even think the actors and stuff, they all, I've not got a problem with what they did, but the stories were so dull. It was such a dull series. They didn't utilize A, being a teenager, and the conflicts of being, uh, they didn't go in the doctor side enough, and they didn't go with the teenage side. And it was it was just a disappointing, yeah, it was such a bland, blur show. Um, I, I think, it was just disappointing. I think that's it right there. It's bland. Um, it's it's not a bad show, per se. It, it does its part well. This isn't like Home Alone, where you're just mm. kind of staring at it as a train wreck. This there are good parts to it. I particularly like the dad. His storyline yeah. oh, of, of, of coming to accept his middle agehood, especially yeah. that one particular one where he's in the surfing contest and they put him in the elderly division. He's like, I'm not elderly. I'm like, yeah, you're only five years older than me. I agree with you. But um, but him coming to terms with that was a really good storyline. Mm -hmm. But of course, it's not his show. It's Doogie's show. Yeah. And it just couldn't figure out what it wanted to be. Did it want mm -hmm. to be a high school comedy romance thing did it want to be a fairly serious medical drama it, and it yeah. never found a way to put the two pieces together my one my biggest one was the one where she suddenly went and became like the head cheerleader of like she's not even at the school and she was like literally the head cheerleader by it within the work and it was like come on like yeah, it was just yeah so it's, it's um like it's like they picked a list of high school tropes <laughs> and stuck them in there whether or not it made sense for the character yeah. at all so what else jumped onto your list so this year? It, it saddens me to say it, but uh, the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, I think, has to be on the list. I, I love yeah. the original movie. I, again, I'm biased. I played hockey. I enjoyed hockey. So the, it was already on a good step. But this series, it just misstepped all over the place. Again, it couldn't quite figure out what it wanted to be. I am willing to give it the benefit of the doubt that some of this is COVID-related, just like we were talking about with, like, Falcon yeah. Soldier. They they probably got screwed up with the scheduling. But even with that, they kind of just missed all the important points. Yeah, see, for me, with, with it's like the first three episodes of The Mighty Ducks were great, and then COVID hit, and then they just rushed through the storylines, rushed through the process, rushed through all the cliches, and it was just like, I... And then Big Shot got released, and then Big Shot just completely just under they never should have released the two of them together that was the biggest mistake um and looking back at us our release schedule now of like we really could have done with a little bit more at this end of the year than having two sports shows going toe to toe literally um and that you know it, it was just it was just a i don't know it, it was a yeah. disappointing show yeah, um, going coming out at roughly the same time as Big Shot because they had they had an overlapping schedule. One started earlier than the other, but did it no favors at all. <laughs> but but to be clear, even if it had come out on its own and Big Shot came out later in the year or, or vice versa, this would still be on the list. Mm -hmm. It 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 comes out worse in comparison, but it already wasn't starting at a high point. And, and again, it saddens me to say that I really wanted this to be a really good show. I'm hoping season two. Will be an improvement now that they'll they'll hopefully have a chance to do it properly even if emilio estevez is not coming back um we will obviously give it a shot when season two is and i i'll keep my fingers crossed that they do a better job yeah and then for for me finally really it was um turn and hooch was just a disappointment of just this whole thing of just it 
executed at the beginning. It changed, it shifted, and then it went nowhere over 10 episodes. And then we got, it's like you watch the first episode where it redid the movie, and you can watch the last episode where it caught everything up. And everything in between makes no difference. Nothing happened. <laughs> and there's, yeah. The thing that got me more than anything, and I harped on this every time we yeah. talked about it, was that non-romance between him and the dog trainer, where yeah. every single week you like, just ask each other out, please. Well, it would have been so bad if they'd actually got, I, I could have actually even, if they got to the end and at least he asked her out. Or they kissed or did something. It would at least been another kind of, you know, the will they, won't they thing is a standard trope. But and then they introduced this other girlfriend, which you like, you've got like, there's nothing there. It was just, yeah, it was a very disappointing one. But there we go. That was, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's unfortunate, really. There had to be a few of those. But like I said, we just wanted to do them off the top of our heads. And um, it, yeah, it was funny. Last thought on Turner and yeah. Hooch. This was another one alongside uh, Mighty Ducks where, I really wanted it to succeed. The original movie was really good. Mm. And I, I have loved Matt Nix's other projects, The Gifted and mm. Burn Notice. So when this didn't live up to hope, so it, it stung all the more as a result of that. I, I think the trouble is, again, it, it's like this whole thing of them. And I put this down to of them trying to work out where this balance is for Disney Plus of what is and what isn't. And, you know, they, they've, they've, they're testing stuff. They're trying some things out. And this one was definitely a casualty of that one. But like I said, you know, these are just ones off the, I know a couple of people going, yeah, we know you guys don't like these two shows. Like, well, yeah, we don't. And it's like that we are, you know, ultimately, you know, that is the whole thing of, you know, options and choice. And we've had a lot of choice this year. So we've had a lot of great stuff. It, it's also worth remembering, we don't go into any of these shows um, wanting to dislike them. I'm not like, oh, Turner and Hooch, I am going to hate on that show so hard. Yeah. What? Or, or even Home Alone. Home Alone's, yeah. we both do it with an open mind. <laughs> we're, we're both like, okay, it's got the card stacked against it. But maybe they'll pull it out, and and we were hoping it would be good, and then you get to your sleep. Go, go in with low expectations, and then you know, and then it's like, cool, you know, I enjoy it, and I usually most of the time that works. But yeah, so there we go. So that is like our best and worst of of the programming. So before we um head off um for Christmas, we're just doing a quick rundown through the finale of Hawkeye. So what did you think of the finale? Overall, I really enjoyed it. Uh, mm -hmm. It tied up a lot of stories nicely, set up a couple stories. Uh, for the future, there was one particular thing I did not like. We'll, uh, it's probably on most people's minds. We'll come back to that at the end. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it overall. But like you said earlier, I think there probably should have been another episode to flesh things out a bit more. Yeah, I mean, I thought this was, I thought this was probably the second best episode of the series after episode three. Um, I loved all the action. We finally got to see them kind of getting together. You know, Hawkeye looked like he was actually competent in this, you know, taking people out. Um, it's still that kind of thing of, guys are taking on this tracksuit mafia, which are kind of like the, the rent-a-cop video game, like, thugs. You know, you guys are really struggling here at this point to take, you know, you've taken on much worse than this. You know, the, and it's like, it's fine. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought the whole stuff with Kingpin, um, him battling it out in the toy store. On one hand, it like, I felt like... It's, you know, it weakened him a little bit in making him look a little bit weaker in that he couldn't get the best of her. But also more about pulling up Kate Bishop in like, you know, she can actually hold her own 
against him with her some sort of some tricks and bits and pieces. I mean, at one point, you know, he he literally got ran by a car, blew up, you know, he, and then got shot. <laughs> you know, he wasn't having a good day. <laughs> he wasn't having a good day. But I think him being in a physical confrontation does kind of miss the point of the character. Now, I know he did have some some confrontations in the Daredevil series, had to get physical a few times, but that's not really what the character is supposed to be. He's supposed to be the guy pulling the strings and, and has the guys under him, like Maya and, and her friend, doing his dirty work so that his, his hands are clean, both metaphorically and literally. That said, it, it, this is obviously a build-up Kate moment. She needs somebody to fight. And thematically, he works. He, she can't yeah. fight her mom. Um, and then Swordsman is obviously, as we kind of predicted, not actually a bad guy. So who else? Is no, fight? I, I kind of like what they did with him because it fell a little bit along the lines of his character arc in the story hadn't gone anywhere. So it made sense for him to be um, kind of, and he wanted obviously all the sort you know, they hadn't established him as a villain enough to make him become the villain. So I'm glad they actually left that alone. The whole thing, I mean, we pre pretty much predicted what was going to happen with the whole thing, with the ending. You know, I know people going on about like, you know, Clint, Tiring and come down. No, he, this is wide open. He ain't gone anywhere. He's in the same position he was in every movie he's ever left. <laughs> there is a solid implication that he is going to hand the title off to yeah. Kate, and if not retire, at least take it easy and let her mm -hmm. handle the Hawkeye problems, which I'm totally fine with. Leave him available, yeah. um, but let Kate be Hawkeye moving mm -hmm. forward. Uh, I thought it, it it was a nice thematically satisfying ending, especially to have her uh, end up with the Bartons at least temporarily. Well, it made sense. I mean, if you know, if you, if you just had your mother arrested, you know, at least might want to take him in for Christmas. So I I thought that was all fine. It hit exactly what I wanted. Um, wasn't so keen on the idea that they were doing all of that because of the watch, because it was her her present or a gift from Shield. It, I I got the impression that the watch was a side story or or was like a. Oh, well, you're getting the Ronin outfit, and the watch is also there, so you might as well grab the watch at the same time. Yeah. But I agree they did not do a good job of establishing the watch as important. They mentioned it a couple times. Obviously, mm -hmm. he broke into that one apartment to get it, but I kept forgetting about it. But it's been a lot, there's been a lot of speculation because it's got like the number 19 on it that it's um, Mockingbird, and she was Mockingbird, and, you know, has that outdone the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the whole host of... Easter eggs going down a thing and going, maybe it's just a watch and she was at one point agent 19, she retired or whatever, and somebody else, Bobby Moore took over. You never know. Yeah, um, but... they, they, this one, I'm I'm willing to kind of let them have it both ways on this. Yeah. Um, as long as they don't go back and do a prequel series with her and Hawkeye and explicitly state what it is, let, let her be Mockingbird point, 1.0 yeah. and Bobby Morris um, from Agents of B2.0 or whatever. I, I mean, comic history, obviously, Hawkeye and Mockingbird are a couple yeah. uh, off and on, depending on who's alive at any given point. Uh, I hope they just leave it in, uh, ambiguous. Yeah. Just, just have it be a yeah. final Easter egg and, and leave it at that. We don't have to mess, mess around with uh, the continuity of Bobby yeah. Morris and, and this and that. So, yeah. So, I mean, overall, I thought I, I enjoyed the season finale. It didn't hit on the same level that any of the other shows did. From the other the other free ones wasn't so was, yeah uh, sorry the the thing for me was i appreciated that it was low level i mean yeah, yeah. the, the truck suit mafia is like okay um you're, you're literally not a threat at all but I, I liked how they did that where it's like okay this is just going to be clinton kate beating these guys up they're they mm. 
uh, they are so on a different level that they're just taking out an entire squad of these yeah. guys without even worrying about it. Uh, a little corny, a little cheesy, but it was a fun sequence. Uh, sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, my big thing really was the, was like the post-credit scenes because we didn't have anything decent. We ended up with a musical, which kind of surprised me. I was expecting this to be someone sat in the audience or something kind of... Um, and then like, kind of anyone, really? Why did they... I I guess they maybe wanted to give the full version of it because people wanted to see it, and I I, I understand I could understand it being a, like a mid season credit, and then we have another one to kind of set yeah. something up, but they didn't do it, and I think I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get a you know they will return in season two or Echo coming up or something just to kind of that was, I mean you don't have to do these things, but it kind of felt like. It, it, I remember a bit, I think it was Spider-Man where kind of Captain America sort of sits there and goes, so what are you waiting, you know, like, what are you yeah. doing here, <laughs> kind of thing. It kind of felt a bit like that. Yeah, no, it, it was a fun little musical sequence, um, intentionally cringy at, at points, obviously, and that was kind of the point of it. Um, but yeah, as an end credit sequence, this was entirely unsatisfying. I think if it yeah. had been mid-season, just kind of a little fun thing to get us through, through the, mm -hmm. it would have been fine. And then something else here uh and i was also doing the same I was like uh is there going to be a character in the audience like is yelena going to be watching this even that would have been fine um because they kept cutting to the the director and like why are you cutting to the director am i supposed to know who this is yeah. i i'm kind of hoping that was the actual musical director like finally yeah. give you know one of them a shot at this like but get to the end of it, like why did you do this this yeah. is a complete I, out of every MCU movie and show that we've done, this is by far the most disappointing <laughs> end credit yeah. sequence we've gotten. Um, and I'm going to use this to, to leap into mm -hmm. my one other complaint here was I really would have liked an end credit sequence that set up Echo or at least kind of underscored whatever happened in the alley after the, the camera tilts away. Mm. Because um, obviously we've seen this, this sequence thousands of times in movies mm. where someone's pointing a gun at somebody and then the camera cuts away either you know it, it tilts it pans or or yeah. we get a scene transition and then you hear the gunshot but you don't see what happens and the implication obviously is that she killed kingpin but yeah. <laughs> we've happening. seen this so many times it's gonna be like she shot into the air or she shot him in the chest and we already know he's got a bulletproof vest on because he got shot with the arrow mm. and it's like give us something on this, uh, you know, some people go, Oh, he's dead because she shot him. Like, yeah, that's the most basic, like, yeah. But I, I, I it's a kind of a shame because, in some way, you know, Kingpin was built up so impressively within the the Daredevil series, and then this kind of took it and just like instantly just tried to they did adjust him, you know, much more like more like he was in the comic books. You know, a little bit more, um, just your average villain kind of thing. But I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes. Kingpin's going to be, I'm sure, going to be a big, um, going to be around for a while. Um, overall, it was it was a solid finale. It wasn't, it didn't, it kind of finished off that series going, yeah, okay. Book of Boba Fett next week. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah. Looking forward to that. Um, just finishing the thought on Kingpin. Uh, even if they did kill him at this sequence, we can still expect he'll be in the Echo series, yeah. at least in flashbacks. Oh, they did kill him. There's no way they brought him back I, just to kill him. Well, the way I'm reading it right now is they're leaving their options open. Because um, mm. 
I wonder if they need to do some contract negotiations and they wanted to leave it open in case they weren't well, able to. I believe in the comic books there's a thing where she shoots him and then the and he's blind for a bit. So that, like that's I mean, I even saw some clips um, of him actually even had in one of the comic books. He actually had that outfit on with the with the Hawaiian top, you know, because I thought that looked a bit odd from what we've seen him in there. But then it's like, no, he they have literally taken his outfit from the comic book. So it's like, yeah. okay, cool. You get a little tick point for that. Um, but no, I overall loved it. Great series. Great way of ending kind of off of that all. But it, yeah. it's an, I, Some people complain that it's not on the same, you know, level as loki and falcon and winter soldier in terms of like stakes and and how big it is i really like the 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 lower feel of it the lower stakes it just felt like a fun action movie to finish out christmas yeah not everything has to evolve the entire world and in, in fact i would prefer if they didn't it, you yeah. need these smaller stories in between um eternals rising but of the it becomes of the it becomes otherwise it just becomes like never ending of like this it just loses its impact because it's happening yeah. too much but anyway. right on that note thank you very much for joining us for this week's episode we'll be back um next year with a new episode um on the first of january so we hope you all have a fantastic christmas and a lovely new year um as i said you can find us over at what's on disney plus.com vote in our end of year awards you can obviously support us over at patreon youtube channel members etc and on that guys thank you very much see you guys soon merry christmas yeah see you next year i hope 2022 has some great stuff in store for us it looks like it does Laters. I'd like to thank all of our Patreon and YouTube channel members for their support. You can become a member from as little as $2 a month and you get access to our weekly Q&A and much more.